Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Oh, my gosh. Um, I am thrilled today to uh, to have my friend Molly Godfrey on the show. Welcome, Molly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thanks for having me. So oh, my absolute pleasure. Um, I, uh, yeah, what do I want to say? I just... Um, you all know, I, I choose my guests in a particular way and I just rely on my pussy to tell me who's next. <laughs> and so uh, Molly and I have actually been um, really like creating a sisterhood this year, like a different level of, uh, of relationship. You know, we've been in each other's orbits for, uh, you know, a handful of years, but really this year, um, we've just grown much closer just through complete desire really. And, uh, yeah. And so, you know, about a month ago or whenever that was, I was like, Oh my gosh, I just like woke up and I was like, I need to have Molly on the show. <laughs> So, um, thank you so much for, uh, for responding to my desire and being here. My pleasure. It was so co. I think I talked about it. It was so yeah. co-arising. I was like, yes, I kind of want to be on Caitlin's podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. That's how desire works. Right. It's like, if you're, um, I find so often, like if I'm like starting to feel the inklings of something and then I say it to a friend or to my partner or whoever, it's like, oh, wait, hold on. I had that same thing moving through me. So that is so special. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you all who Molly is. Um, and then, uh, yeah, who she is to me. And then we will just like dive right into this conversation. Um, so first of all, first thing you need to know is that this woman is a viral content creator. Oh my gosh. You had a piece, you had the today show approach you last year, right? It came to me. Oh my gosh. How hot is that? Um, and you know, I, what I love so much about Molly's writing is that it is just, um, it is so resonant and so authentic. And she like lets you feel her in a way that is like, it's just no one else on the internet, I think is like writing in that, that exact way. She has a very particular voice. So, um, yeah, so she just, uh, I just so look to Molly when it comes to like authenticity on, you know, in the hallways of the internet, really. Um, and <laughs> she, she is laughing Always. hysterically right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I got that from one of my recent podcast guests, Alexandra Roxo. She was like, I saw you in the hallways of the internet. And I was like, I'm taking that. That is hilarious. Um, and, uh, I guess, yeah, the other thing, you know, you need to know about Molly is she is a luxury dating coach for high achieving women in tech and finance. Okay. Y'all she is speaking to a group of women who I think don't get served enough, you know, <laughs> like these women are hanging out in boardrooms. They are like hanging out in consulting firms, in banks. They're all over LinkedIn. And um, I just don't think that group gets like spoken to enough in the realm of like connection and desire and dating. Um, so I just like so appreciate the work um, that uh, that you're doing, Molly. Thank you. Yeah. I'm super clear. It's my purpose to speak exactly to them. It's nice to see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so yeah. And wait, hold on. Let me just see if there's anything else. Yeah. I just, the other last thing I want to say before we dive into the, like the actual interview part, um, just like my experience of, uh, getting to know Molly on a deeper level this year is, um, I think like, well, I'll say it to you directly, Molly for intimacy's sake here. Um, my, one of my favorite things about you is like the way that you can like, that you have approval for like all the parts of you, especially like the nerdy, silly parts. And you're just so like, you're so grounded and in your desire. You know, I think sometimes when people follow desire, it's like, whoa, it can be this like really kind of like chaotic experience. And my experience of you is just that you're like, oh, I'm in my desire. And like, here I am. And I'm like, I'm grounded and I'm real and I'm authentic. And that, um, that is just like a direct path to my heart. Oh, I'll take that in. Thank you. That felt really good. Yeah, you're so welcome. Um, okay, so uh, let's just start with where you are in the world. Let's just like have everybody know where you where you are, what's happening, sort of just ground us in your life right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great question. After eight years, 10 years living in big cities. I was in LA for almost four years, New York city for almost four years, Boston. I was like, I can't, I'm done with this. So I'm currently in Bali in yeah. the most literal opposite of New York city. It is so beautiful. I'm currently sitting in a co-working room, but if you step out the door, it's a jungle. So I'm in Ubud and Bali. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got here almost two months ago, which is wild to think about. I was traveling in Europe before that. But I'm officially a digital nomad, traveling, working remotely, following oh. my desire. Oh my gosh. It looks so good on you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, cool. Well, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for my listeners who are like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen in this conversation today. You know, I don't really know. Um, and I cannot wait. <laughs> to see what uh what gets revealed revealed because you know molly and i are just gonna follow the feminine here like she will guide us to wherever whatever is meant to be revealed and um and you know of course we always talk about desire here so there'll be some themes of that and i have no idea what else and i can't wait to uh i can't wait to see so, um, okay. So Molly, you used to be that, 
let's talk about that version of you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to work in corporate finance. I literally used to, I have someone do all my bookkeeping and accounting now because I'm like, yeah. I have, I have trauma. I don't want to look at it. I used to just look at spreadsheets all day long, analyze mm-hmm. cash flows. It was so deep in, you know, the financial services systems deals mm-hmm. world. And, you know, there was some part of my brain, the, some part of it that, that served me really well. I think it was, you know, an interesting challenge. I, you know, got used in a certain way, but I was so disconnected from my body. I was so disconnected from my body. I didn't know how to connect with others. I, I think what I liked about it was, you know, I could put on a headset and, and the like shadowy parts of me could come out. I could put on a headset and like yell at people and like, you know, be dominating and, um, yeah. you know, do things. And then I could leave in that. Like, so it was just, it was this experience of getting to step into an alter ego that I've just more mm. integrated now and accepted now. But yeah, I used to work in corporate finance. Oh my gosh. And at the time, like, do you remember what some of the like thought patterns were that like went through your head? So like for me, when I was like, oh my gosh, I got my MS diagnosis and I was also in corporate America. You know, I had this experience of like, my body is broken, you know? And so I am curious for you, like what those, what some of those like underlying beliefs were at the time. Yeah. For me, you know, I have, so I'm, I'm very plugged into recovery work, 12 step work. Yeah. I'm sober. I, um, you know, God willing, we'll have five years of sobriety next year. Yeah. But I think for me towards the end was I would come into work and just be thinking about like, okay, when can we just like get drunk this weekend and like forget about our problems? When can I start like, you know, having mm. the sex that I want to, mm-hmm. um, so it was that it was, you know, developing this like, you know, chronic drinking problem. And then also mm-hmm. I just so many failed just relationships with men. I would just meet men and it would just never go anywhere and I would be disappointed. And so like mm-hmm. things were starting to bottom out and I was like, Oh, and coincidentally, you know, the people started coming into my life that took me on the opposite path, but just mm-hmm. things started to unravel. And I was like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm the common denominator here. Something's not, <laughs> something's not working. <laughs> When you're like, okay, we've been doing this for years. What's happening? Yeah. And I so deeply desired a relationship. I wanted intimacy Mm. so badly. It was like, I was just longing for it so much. I worked in this corporate world, you know, holiday parties, everyone has significant others and I didn't. And it was just Mm. like so much shame and I just really wanted it. And so I went about it all the wrong ways and it was Mm. It's just funny wanting it so badly and failing at it so badly. Yeah. Like sabotaging it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Well, and what's the, um, gosh, if you were to speak to yourself of that time, like, what would you say to her now? Yeah. I think there was, I think I'd say, you know, like, it's okay to go there. Like there was just something so deep in me that wanted to come out and I had no idea how to access it. And so I, I went about it all the wrong ways. Like it would come alive when you know, I drank or it would come alive when I did get in connection with the masculine. And so I didn't know how to, you know, 
safely navigate that myself or be able to sit with it myself. So I would pull for these other things. So I think Mm. I would just acknowledge like my desire to just be really seen. And like, I was looking for something. And so Mm. some kindness, some kindness to myself in the ways that I try to make it happen. Mm. Yeah. Like some approval for like, it's okay that you want to be seen. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I really, I really feel that one. I know that. Mm -hmm. I know that one too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more kindness now. I think it's really hard on myself back then for, you know, not being able to make it work. It's like, it was the exact, I was in the exact right place I was supposed to be, you know, I was headed for this, this awakening. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot more kindness for it now, but in the midst of it, I felt very tortured. I felt very tortured. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I so feel that one. Yeah. I remember just thinking like, is this it? I've worked yeah. so hard to just yeah. feel this. Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, was there a moment that was like, okay, the like wake up moment for you? Totally. Yeah. Well, I relate to that sentiment too, because, you know, I had a beautiful luxury car, had a beautiful apartment. I was the top, you know, employee, the top rep. Producer. 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 Yeah. Even, oh my gosh, can we just pause on that word specifically? top producer. Oh, oh yeah. But by leaps and bounds, like I was their unicorn. Everyone was just like, what? That's, that's the other thing is I just had so much power. It was so misdirected. Like everyone in the company is like, who is this woman? I was the best by like a long shot. And so I got to the point where like, I was, I couldn't like, I couldn't even go any higher. Like I was just, I had reached all the things and I still just had this gaping hole of just like not enoughness. And like, I literally couldn't have gotten any quote unquote better in that world, but I still just had this gaping hole of just unsettledness in myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And what, um, what was that like to like feel the depth of that? It was super intense. It was super intense. And it was really confusing. There was just so much dissonance between, you know, having people tell you how great you are, having all these wonderful things, having your family be proud of you and then being like, wait, but why don't I feel good? There was just like so much dissonance between how things looked and how I felt. And, And the wake up moment was I had this amazing guy friend. He was just so lovely. He was so supportive I also, in addition to my corporate life, I was in philanthropy and had, you know, was supporting a a kid's summer camp at the time. And he would, you know, come and help out at the summer camp and was just really thoughtful and attentive. And we had feelings for each other, but we could not navigate it. And so we would just get completely wasted and then like try to hook up, but we'd be too drunk to hook up. And then we'd like hate each other. And I remember waking up in bed with him one morning in August almost five years ago. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like we are just so we cannot figure out how to connect with each other. We both really want this thing. And like, I am done. I am so done just waking up feeling like shit about myself and not being able to have the relationships 
that I want. Like I was so close, but so far, so far. Uh, Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a, that's a moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, so then what happened? So the timing was all like very aligned. So about two months ago, my friend, our mutual friend, Amy Batuski had brought me to an intro to ohm class. Oh, right. I'd, I'd been dabbling a little bit. Um, actually more than dabbling. I was in the coaching program at that time. So I was in the coaching program. I was like starting to turn on, I think it was month two of the program. Oh, and I'll just pause you for just a quick second for my listeners. Um, So so just to like give a little clarity about what Molly is talking about. So like Molly and I studied on a feminine path together, you know, around the same time. And we were sort of in, you know, lots of different programs that really took us like on a deep journey with, uh, looking at our sensuality and our sexuality and our relationship to the feminine and connection and, you know, all of these topics. So, so the program that Molly is referring to the coaching program was like one of the programs within that like larger body of work essentially. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, if people have been listening to my show consistently, they know what you're talking about likely, (laughs) but for anyone who hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started to dip my toe in. I was seeing my friends radically transform. Right. And I had that moment waking up with that man and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I, something needs to change. So after that, I really I really took this work more seriously. And I was like, I want to give myself over to this, this, this feminine that I have no idea how to access. And so the timing of it was all pretty aligned, but I think that moment happened because, you know, I got a taste of what was available, kind of woke up to my own Mm -hmm. torture. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. And well, and you know, I can imagine you were just spending so much time in your head. Like that, I mean, you, and you were rewarded for that. You were the top producer. Yes. <laughs> you know? And um, yeah. And so I am like, I'm curious, even um, I can just imagine like women out there who can so relate to this, just the like, okay, I'm rewarded for being in my masculine and being in my head and producing. And, and then you tell them about a path of like the feminine and like, surrender and let go. And it's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? (laughs) You know? So I like, what do you want to say to those women? You know, totally. For a while, those words were just that that's what was happening. I was coming to these classes, these experiences, and they were just one ear out the other. And then, you know, I think the universe whispers and then it screams, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, what do I want to say to that? You know, sometimes there's no option, but to let go. Sometimes there's no option. I guess that is the definition mm-hmm. of surrender. You just have no option except to give yourself over, let mm-hmm. go. And so, you know, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at like hearing desire on the first, the first round, but in this particular yeah. scenario, my body, it had been years. It had been putting up with me, for years. And finally it was like, no, we are done. And I didn't have an option. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a, quite a spiritual experience too, mm-hmm. but for anyone just hearing those words, 
I get it. And I also trust that you'll be guided to the exact, Mm -hmm. you know, turning point that will have you see differently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Giving yourself over. Oh, it's so humiliating. It's so rough. This is, you know, sometimes like when people are first being exposed to desire and I'm like, oh my God, desire. It's so humiliating. Like they don't fully get it, I think. But this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like, oh God, I have to surrender to this thing that is like bigger than me. Wow. Well, and so how did... um I mean, your life obviously looks so different now, you know, and I'm curious, like, uh, how things started unraveling, you know, cause the, uh, you know, I guess the other thing I, I see so often with women who are in your position or women who were in my position is like, it's like, how, I've created this whole contraption. How do I possibly like untangle myself? <laughs> And there's the like, burn it all down right away option. But like, that's, that's like not the only option, you know? So I, I would love to like hear the, like how you started sort of getting in alignment and, and just shedding things that weren't the real you. Yeah. That's a great question. Now I'm able to coach from this spot because (laughs) I, I did a little bit of the burn it down. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one day I just, I had tried to quit my job before and they were so good at getting me to come back. And so when I got, they just said all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. So I stayed another six months, but when I heard you tried to quit and they had you come back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) This is so great. So when I heard it was, it was right around that time of that, that waking up in bed with that that guy friend of mine, but I heard the voice and I just said, like, it just spoke to me. And it was like, you just need to go in and then walk out. So I walked in that day and I was like, oh, they had just tried to give me equity. Actually. They just tried to give me equity. So I had all this equity paperwork that, you know, should I have stayed would have been very lucrative and very, you know, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, so you just walked in and quit. It's, it's, I walked away from a lot. I walked away from a lot. I walked away from the equity they were offering me. And then I got offered a position in the new company that they were starting that recently sold for like $30 million. So I get to be like, wow, you know, I walked away from a lot. There was a lot at stake that I said no to in service of just this thing coming alive in me. So yeah, I walked in and I was like, today's my last day. I'm done. Here's the paperwork. And they, they, they gave me such a hard time. They were like, you can't do this. Like, this is so unprofessional. And I was like, and you know, I'm done. Here's everything. Whoa. Yeah. Thank you. I did not know this part of your story. Oh yeah. Um, and wow. I just, uh, (laughs) I'm just like seeing you on a whole other level, you know, because it takes something like I really hear that you had to like sort of create enough support within yourself and your own body and like the deepest levels of trust in yourself and being like, oh my gosh, I can't even drag this out. Like I actually just have to like cut this 
you know? And the, like, it just was like way past when it was resonant. It was early. <sighs> yeah. Thanks for saying that. I, yeah. you know, I think there's a sentiment around there of like, you know, you know, well, were you afraid to do it? Did you, you know, and it's like, of course I was, I was terrified, but I did it anyway. And like, I, 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 I did it. So if you're waiting till you're not afraid, you're going to be waiting your whole life, your whole life. Yeah. Your whole life. You know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, oh my gosh, when I quit my corporate job, I literally had to like have someone else write the resignation letter for me and like make it into a PDF so that I wouldn't change the date. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> and then I was like, if I do not quit by February 1st, then like, I will give you $10,000 like to my friend. Wow. Like he literally held me accountable at that level. That's genius. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. It's the same. It's the same thing. I just like, I was like, oh, I know I have to, this is the kind of accountability I need for myself. So I think that's like a really, like, regardless of whatever path you're choosing. Cause like I said, you know, the burn it down path is totally a path. There's lots of other paths in between, right. There's a whole gradient, you know, and, um, but I think the big thing here that I just like want to call attention to is the, like really being honest with yourself about the actual like support that you need to move through whatever location that you're in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So at that point I had, I had started to build a little bit of community. So I will give some credit to just, right. You had people. I did. I did. Yeah, totally. This was not, you didn't just like do this overnight. You weren't like, oh, I'm okay. I'm getting out of this bed with this man. Now I'm just going to go quit my job. You know, there were like steps in between. There was like an untangling that you had to do. Big time. I know. I forget. I forget. <laughs> yeah. So that, but I remember I'll never forget. I will never forget getting out of that fucking high rise office building and the mirrored windows and the leaving my headset on I will never forget the feeling of just total freedom walking down the street and being like I am a free woman I will never forget that day oh that, so that is so powerful <laughs> I just love this image of you <laughs> yeah I think I got a phone call I got a phone call shortly after mm -hmm. from um a woman in the, in the home community. And she was like, how's it going? I was like, I just quit my job. I feel amazing. She's like, Whoa, my goodness. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there, you know, I just really get that there was like a voice deep within you that was like, okay, we're, I'm done. Like I, we've been done. Yeah. But there were quite a few more. Oh my goodness. There was a lot. So there was that. And then actually my family has a family business. And so the expectation was I was going to go work in finance for a few years and then, you know, take a little time off if I needed and then come back and work. For my mom, my mom has this love her. I, you know, I've, she's right. been such an incredible role model of a woman following desire mm -hmm. and being in her power and bringing the feminine to finance. She's, she's a woman in finance. And, but it was always the expectation since I was like 10 years old that you're going to come work for the family business. So I also had to unravel that. I had to quit the job and then quit that too. Oh my gosh. Like energetically be like, okay, this is a closed door. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whoa. What was it like navigating that? Because I, I can imagine there are so many people, so many women out there who relate to this. It's like saying no to your family or setting a boundary. I mean, that's the ultimate transformation program. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it was really hard. We didn't, my mom like really grieved. She grieved yeah. that fantasy, that vision. It was also really hard to walk away from. I was about to inherit, you know, inherit a company and just like a totally safe path for the rest of my life. Safe, predictable, done for me option. And, you know, my sister did join the company. So then I was, you know, the whole feeling of belonging. My sister and my mom worked together and I was the one that said no. And so there was a lot of emotions that was mm-hmm. very hard to untangle, but now sitting where we're at, we're all like, yeah, it's probably better that you didn't do that. And that, you know, yeah, I'm on board. Wow. Well, and what has, um, what has shifted sort of in the, like in, you know, your family, like since you've done this work and like followed this path, um, yeah. What do you want to share about that? Yeah. I mean, for anyone listening, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you, you are the change maker likely in, in your family, but you know, me starting this work opened up so much, you know, my mom started doing her own work. My sister started taking accountability and responsibility in a new way. So it was really mm-hmm. cool, even though it was super messy and super clunky. And there were certainly some hurt feelings in, in the, in the midst of it, it was really beautiful to just see my family heal in a new way, relate to each other in a new way. And we're even in a newer spot because my mom so does not want me to be traveling right now. And she's sitting with, you know, there's Molly following her desire again. I got to accept it. <laughs> oh, that is so beautiful um, to just like, yeah, allow the, allow the messiness. Relationships are messy, especially with family, you know, cause they're like the people who like, they're like, Oh, but I know the Molly of 15 years ago. What happened to her? Yep. Totally. Right. 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 Yeah. I love how you said that allow for the, I say this to clients too. It's not, if it, it's not when it's not, if it's when, your relationships are going to be messy. You're going to get conflict. Someone's going to hurt your feelings. You're going to drop the ball. They're going to drop the ball. Right. And just being okay with that. Surrendering to them. Yeah, totally. Um, oh my gosh. There's so many directions we could go. Um, I actually, I'm sort of thinking, I'd love to hear a little bit about your, um, your AA work. So, and you know, obviously you can speak to this, but for anybody who doesn't know, we're talking about like, it's, we're talking about Alcoholics Anonymous, which is like, uh, you know, part of the, the step work body of work, I guess you could probably speak more to this. Um, but yeah, I would, uh, I think it's something that's sometimes overlooked in the world of transformation, but it's like the most accessible, accessible transformation program out there. I think it really is. is. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to. So like I said, all the paths kind of converge. So some of the people that I was starting to meet in the transformation world, personal development world also had experience being in recovery, Mm -hmm. doing step work. And, 
you know, I never considered myself. I just, I thought it was normal because, you know, you go to college, everyone drinks a ton. You work in, you know, a, a fun, fast paced environment. Everyone drinks a ton. And you're just like, oh, like I'm just fitting in with everyone. And then it's normal I, to wake up hungover multiple times a week. Yeah. And, and end up in weird places and make silly, yeah. make, make awful decisions. Yeah. So I never, it didn't occur to me until, until that ending. Like I was starting to hear some voices of like, it's not normal to walk into work and like already be thinking about Thursday when you're going to go to happy hour and drink. Like that's not quite normal. Yeah. Uh, so I was starting to cue, to cue into it. And then I just started meeting people. Actually, it turned out that one of my coworkers in finance was, was a sober man. And I was like, what? Like, there's a thing where you, where you, where you don't drink at all. And so <laughs> people, people started to get planted into my life. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is part of the framework is just admitting that like, you can't do it all yourself. You don't have all the answers. Like in so many ways, I was trying to play the puppet master and God in my life. Mm -hmm. I was trying to manipulate all the external things to feel better instead of having, mm -hmm. you know, a spiritual connection, instead of having, you know, a community, instead of having a, tools to really look at myself. I was looking for everything externally. And so for me, it showed up as a drinking problem, but then, you know, I was also a workaholic and I was also a love addict and I was also, mm -hmm. you know, we can have so many addictions. Yeah. That's like what I, that's what I want people to hear is that what you said about manipulating all of the external things to feel better and your vehicle was alcohol, right? It's like, we all have some version of this happening. You know, if you're like spending hours on scrolling on Instagram, like that's your drug yeah. and it stops us from connection. Totally. Totally. And at a certain point, this is where I was getting to is yeah. like, you know, I couldn't close. I could, I literally couldn't close any more deals. I couldn't like, I couldn't even drink enough. I couldn't buy enough things. I couldn't have, you know, you know, just, it, it literally wasn't working anymore. And that's why I like really started to hit this bottom. Like the thing stopped working. The only solution was a spiritual one. The only, the only solution. Yeah. Whoa. So, um, what, I guess what's like the biggest thing that you have gotten from your AA journey from, from your sobriety? Yeah. There've been so many probably, probably the framework of just looking inward, taking personal responsibility before blaming, before, you know, causing harm. Like my biggest thing was, you know, when I was upset or not, I, I would have feelings. I would start fights in my relationship. I would, you know, mm -hmm. criticize everyone else. I would judge everyone else. And it's like, wait a minute, what's actually going on? Is there something you need to feel right now? Or like, is there something, you know, that's worth examining or getting curious about instead of, causing harm to others. So that was a big thing of mine. I was a, you know, a very toxic partner in a lot of my old relationships. Mm -hmm. So I got to look at that. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> all the, all the, um, at least for me, I know when I started looking at my past relationships, like I was like, wow, I just could not see any of that stuff. Like <laughs> when I was actually in the relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. So just holding myself to, you know, 
you know, showing up as the woman I really want to be and not making my partners work so hard or not, you know, making my partners the villain, like really just Mm -hmm. taking personal responsibility, communicating like an adult. And, you know, I got that through really thoroughly examining my past. I got that through learning how to sit with myself and be honest with myself. And I got that through, you know, bugging into community and hearing, listening to wisdom from other people and not thinking that, you know, I had all the answers because my, my way of doing it wasn't working. I was pretty miserable. Oh girl. I feel that one. Wow. Yeah. So humbling and, um, humbling. Yeah. It's like, it's so simple. You know, that's the other thing I'm just getting so present to in this entire conversation. <laughs> like, Oh, just follow connection, follow what's true, you know, but it can take years to unravel some of this stuff. Mm. Yeah. And there's just the majority of the world is okay with using those coping mechanisms. Like it takes something to, Mm -hmm. to really be different. So, you know, I was, I was still immersed in a workplace that was totally fine with those things. I could have stayed there for another few years. So it, it, it really took, you know, willing to choose something different. So I have so much compassion for, you know, anyone starting to wake up, but not knowing how to get out yet either. Cause mm-hmm. I was in the midst of that for a while too, but we all have it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and some are, you know, sometimes, you know, I eat a lot of snacks and it's like, all right, well, that's not going to kill me, but you know, we all have our own, <laughs> our own things that we go to. It's, you know, naming them, being compassionate and taking a different action instead, which is what mm-hmm. I've learned to do. So saying the truth, you know, yeah. getting curious with the desire doing something for my body instead of, you know. Yeah, totally. Ah, love all of that. Well, I, um, I want to shift a little bit because I know one of the big things for you just in the let, especially the last year, you know, as you, um, started living abroad, you know, went to Portugal and now you're in Bali and just like the, um, really following every single moment, like with that desire, with each desire, really. Um, So I sort of just want to like, yeah, I would just love to hear what you're learning about desire right now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have, I have, this has just been such a deep, just a deep learning, learning of myself I'll, I'll, I'll share, a, I'll, I'll tell a story for a little more context. So yeah. I've had this desire to travel. I, you know, a lot of our friends have been living in Bali. I thought maybe it was a someday thing, but of course I didn't listen to it on the first voice. I was like, Oh, that would be nice. I do have that desire, but yeah. let me go get a lease. Let me go get a dog. Let me go move into this apartment and just have a safe, you know, stable, normal, make my family happy life. <laughs> so that's what I did. I got myself, <sighs> you know, New York city goals are you have your own one bedroom apartment close to the park. So I got my own one bedroom apartment walking distance mm-hmm. to the park, got myself a beautiful purebred dog, you know? Oh my gosh. Like this is classic. <laughs> Furnished my apartment perfectly. And I was like, okay, good. Like, you know, this will work. Meanwhile, my desire is like, what are you doing? And I, and you know, I, when I got the dog, I was like, I am just trying to make, trying to make this work. And I know, 
I just, I knew, I just knew I had this feeling. I was like, Molly, <laughs> all right, we're, we're really going to do this. So the dog is fine. Don't worry about the dog. The dog is well cared for and well loved. She, she did not get harmed in this process, but you know, desire, true desire will always reveal itself. It will always mm-hmm. win for lack of a better term. It will always, uh, prevail. I don't know the right way to say it, but true desire will always, you know, find its way to you. It does not go away. Right. And so this lease was coming up on an end. It was a nine month sublease coming to an end. And, you know, the the person I was subleasing for was like, okay, do you want to renew it? What's your plans? I was like, don't do it, Molly. Don't. Oh, you know, you know, this, that is like the gates of desire approaching you being like, okay, what are you going to do? Don't do it. And I was subleasing from a really good friend of mine. So I was like, ah, like, this is a great apartment. I don't want to let them down. I don't want to make them have to find someone new, you know, yeah. So I was in this turmoil trying to figure out, meanwhile, my friends are still inviting me to Bali, still inviting me to travel. And um, then as, as desire wins again, I get bed bugs. I get, <laughs> I get. Everybody's got to have a good, like bed bugs kicked me out of New York story. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Literally. I swear I had bed bugs the summer before I moved to LA and it was like, what are we doing here? Yep. So get the bed bugs. I leave for three weeks. I get back to my apartment. I was like, am I making a mistake? I really like this apartment. This would be hard to leave. The bed bugs came back. Um, Bed bugs did not, they just never went away. So I'm back, moved into the apartment and they're biting me again. And I was like, nope. Okay. Message received. So the story doesn't end there. So I get the bed bugs and get out of my apartment, except now Delta variant has started to rear its head and I can't, I can't get into Bali where my original plan was. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I had this experience of packing up my whole life to follow this desire and then the desire as it was in my preferences does not work out. So, right. Ooh, this is an important one, right? The, like, it's like you had this desire inside of you, right? And you thought like, okay, I'm supposed to go to Bali on this particular time frame. Desire does not give a shit about your time frame or exact locations or preferences around locations or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly well said. And I think, I think, the desire is to, you know, I think it's, it's packaged in the travel, but I think the desire is to just be free and just, you know, choose mm-hmm. myself and just get out of my comfort zone. And, right. you know, it, it's showing up as travel at the moment, but right. to be my feminine, to meet new people, to get out of my head. And so it's showing up as travel. So just like you said, it was, it was packaged as Bali. And I couldn't get into Bali. And so I had I had to make a quick decision because I had no lease now. I had no lease. All my stuff was in boxes. I had to figure out where to go. So <laughs> reached out to a friend. I got invited to Portugal. And, you know, still, I, I get to Portugal. That's amazing. But I've, I've, 
it's, it was just such a process of surrendering and waiting and trusting and my visa was expiring. Long story short, I did make it to Bali, but there were, I've never, I just remember sitting in my bed in Portugal and just being like, there is nothing else I can do except trust, except just let go and trust. And it was like this mm. sinking in the middle of my chest, just being like, I just have to let go. Yes. Oh my gosh. What did that feel like in your body? It was, I don't want to say heavy, but it was, you know, maybe it's grounding. It, it mm-hmm. like, it, it was a very visceral experience. It was like a, thinking I guess mm-hmm. it was just this like pull I guess it's just like pulling just this like pull you know yeah. out of my head into my body I guess that's how we put it it's like this pulling into myself <sighs> yeah but that's uh we want to avoid that because it's a lot of sensation to hold that and let it move through your body. It really wow. Okay, so then what started to unfold? After that, it's funny. After that, after I was like, I am just, there is nothing else I can do except let go. A couple of things happened in my business that were really exciting. I was like, oh, okay. And then had an opening there. And then unexpectedly, so unexpectedly, I, I woke up to a message from my from a friend saying like Bali's open. I was like, what? What? I, I was planning to just spend the next three months in Europe. I was like, all right, I'll go to Paris. Like I'll just, you know, I can stay here for 90 days. And then it was literally as soon as I let go and just accepted and and started to explore a new thread, as soon as I gave up on that on that preference happening, right. it opened. It was, it was oh my gosh. Hilarious. To fully have the thing, you have to be willing to not have the thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly said. Oh yep. my God. I just, that just tickles me every single time. Every single time <laughs> I hear a story like about this. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Let me get on, you know, let me, let me just start getting into even more community here in Portugal. I'll go to Paris. I love Paris. And wow. then my friend like blindsided me. She's like, it's open. I was like, what? What? Oh my God. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> here it was. Wow. Wow. Well, and so now on the other side of having received this really big desire, I mean, I'm like, whoa, I'm just seeing what it really took. Like most people would have been taken out at like there's at every stage of this process. <laughs> oh, like, most people, it yeah. Does not make sense that you like stood for this desire, Molly. It's like so unreasonable. <laughs> so it makes zero sense. I was traveling this weekend and all these local people were like, how did you get in here? Like, how did you what get here? Happening. It's like, listen, it took a lot to get in here. <laughs> You're like, you have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Well, what are you, um, what are you present to like on the other side of really having opened 
like held the desire, kept holding it, being unattached, opening to receive it. What are you present to now? Yeah. I just, I'll, I'll never forget this feeling. I remember I got to my hotel quarantine. I was trying to prevent jet lag. So I was sitting by the window and like sunbathing. I just remember sitting on this ledge in the window getting, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so happy to be here. It just felt, I was like, I did it. It's like, I made it. So it was just this feeling of like letting myself just, you know, literally and figuratively just like bask in the sunlight in this tank top trying to not get jet lagged and just like hat like be in the having and I like for the first time maybe ever in all the cycles I've done of this I was like Molly you did it you can have it you're here like Mm. like I I really just remember having more reverence for this stage of of the the piece than I've ever had Mm -hmm. Yeah. You like really opened to receive it. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell women like, Hey, you gotta open to receive women. This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) This is what it takes. Damn. Yeah. And it's, there's just such a, there was such a tenderness and just like a, just a lot that came up in, in that, in that first moment. I'm just like, wow, mm. here it is. And really just mm-hmm. letting myself be there, but it is, it is such, I have sabotaged so many things, not spending enough time in this piece. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Well, and um, yeah, the tenderness I think is a part that we, want to skip over sometimes, you know, what, um, what was the, what was the flavor of tenderness that you felt? It was, I think it was, it was a bit of a younger version of me. It was like, Oh, you've always wanted this, like, you know, kind of like a kid on Christmas, like, ah, you, you, you know, you got all the things like, Oh, we made it to Bali. Like you're about to have this big adventure. It was, it was like this, like, sweet kind of younger part of myself of just like oh you did it we did it (laughs) yeah yeah I can just like see your little girl she's like you finally paid attention to me oh that is so healing I know I'm really getting that in this conversation yeah (laughs) yeah Wow. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. This is like just such a great desire story through and through. It's a pretty classic textbook case of (laughs) avoiding it, having it come back, having it not go as planned, having to hold it all, having to hold it anyway, getting it. Oh my goodness. It's a textbook case. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all, like desire is just like not puppies and rainbows, you know? It's like, oh, cool. Yes, I is true. I'm having the best sex of my life and the most amazing relationship. And do you understand what it took? <laughs> the amount of pain and suffering and just moments of like, what the fuck am I doing, you know? Oh, yes. To get here, you know? So I, I just want to say that to all women, 
that like, if you're new on the path of desire, like you start small and you start, like Molly said, you start like listening to that voice, just like start getting in relationship with it, you know, and like play with it and open to it. And it's just a practice. Yeah. 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 I mean, very, very early on in in my feminine journey where where we met, that was all I did for a while. Just like, (laughs) no, I think I got an assignment once. It was like for 24 hours, you have to do everything that voice says, just like indulge in all the pleasures, indulge in all the things. Like it was such a retraining process so that I can sit here in this interview and say, yeah, I made it across the world because of this desire, but it's, there were a lot of training wheels that were on to get to right. this point. Totally. Totally. Oh, so gorgeous. Um, okay. So that, um, yeah, that feels like a good place for us to, uh, to just, uh, pause and start to wind down. Um, I would love uh, for you to share um, just anything that you'd like to about your work and um, yeah, what women should know, how they can get in touch with you, all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think what I feel most turned on right now is my writing, my writing yes. and my content creation. So I'm, I'm really passionate about starting a movement and getting more of a feminine on LinkedIn, getting more women active on there. It is such a historically stuffy business job seeking. And it doesn't have to be like, we can rewrite the rules. I've been experimenting and yes. just bringing my own <laughs> wisdom and feminine essence on there and I want everyone on there so the best place to find me is just search me on LinkedIn Molly Godfrey the only the only go-to dating and relationship coach oh my gosh amazing um and do you have any offers or programs or anything coming up that you want to that you want to mention I do if you find me there that's I'm working on a, a very cool um download and checklist to really figure out where where you're stuck and where you're at it's in the design stage so find me on linkedin first that'll come out next they'll come out in january and then i've got a group beginning first thing in february so oh amazing oh my gosh i mean i just uh i just love how you're following the desire of this too you know that this is just like yeah you messaged me like a month ago and you're like i think i do this LinkedIn thing. Like, ah, and I could just feel the energy of it. And, um, so I just so acknowledge you and honor you for the way that you, uh, listen to the voice of desire. Thank you. Yes. It's another confronting one. At some point there's going to be a new arm that gets built out, some sort of creative agency or or writing and, and, and more extension, but yes, thank you. It, it feels, I, it feels, I'm very turned on about it right now. So, ah, so good. Well, thank you so much, um, for just like sharing your wisdom and your desire and your energy and your groundedness. This, uh, conversation has just been such a gift. Oh, feelings mutual. Thank you for drawing all that out and holding the space. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Bye everybody. thank you so much for listening in today if you got something from this episode please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to itunes to give us a five-star review 
I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.